Damien Brown is an impressive individual. Injury forced Damien to bring the curtain down on a 16-year rugby career in which he lined out for the likes of Connacht, Northampton, Saints, Breve, Leinster and Oynax. However, Damien hasn't rested on his laurels since retirement. During downtime in his rugby career, he explored the world and challenged himself in various ways throughout his travels while he's also a keynote speaker. Damien's latest achievement as a traveller and adventurer saw him become the first man to row from New York to Galway last October. That was no mean feat as Damien spent a gruelling 100 12 days at sea during his 3,000 nautical mile voyage across the Atlantic Ocean and I'm delighted to say that Damien Brown is with us on the show now. Good morning to you Damien. Morning Alan, how are you? Very well, thanks very much for joining us and congratulations by the way, (laughs) what an achievement. Thank you very much, pleasure to be here. Um, Yeah, I, um, well it's nearly four months now post uh, getting off the, the boat and very kind of uh, unceremonious circumstances in Furbo, but uh, yeah, happily uh, ensconced in everyday existence now. Yeah, and you arrived in Furbo. Um, you, you, I suppose the plan was to arrive into Galway Bay. Did, did that take the shine off it for you a little bit? Or, you know, when you've done something like that, it's insignificant in the grand scheme of things. You got home safe and sound. That's the main thing. Yeah, that's definitely the the most important thing. Um, my immediate reaction and the emotions I felt were um, failure and um, a kind of deep uh, regret for the circumstances. Uh, but that was just because I was so emotionally attached to the imagery I had in my mind, imagery that was kind of driving me through all the um, difficult times. And that was just rowing into um, Galway Harbour and what that would look like and what that would feel like for me and what that would feel like for people closest to me, you know, almost seeing it through their eyes and what it would feel like for people who, you know, had no um, real connection to me, but had got become engaged in the um, the expedition and the story and the trials and tribulations of that, you know. But it didn't take long for that those kind of emotions to pass and for me kind of to see the the bigger picture here, which was which was difficult to see. I'll be totally honest. While I was listening to the boat kind of getting churned up on the rocks in the surf that morning, like well that night, I suppose. 1am in Furbo but uh, yeah just chatting to people then the next day and, and seeing the amount of people who had taken time out of their everyday lives to come to the docks in Galway and welcome me in and see how much it meant to them and um, you know it wasn't long until I was able to kind of put the whole thing in a much more um, healthier perspective if you want and uh and um, yeah, and, and kind of let those negative emotions pass. At this point in time, you're roughly, I suppose, as far from having completed this amazing achievement as the amount of time you actually spend doing it. How do you reflect on it now? And was a lot of what you talked about there, was that what kept you going during the, I'm sure there were countless difficult moments, the conditions in the Atlantic wouldn't be hospitable at best. Were you thinking of what the arrival would be like and the welcome you'd get back into to Galway Harbour during those tough moments on the ocean? Yeah, like I had, um, it's really important to have uh, imagery, like positive emotional imagery uh, that you can leverage when times get tough and times got very, very, very tough out there. You know, I, to give people a kind of perspective of that, uh, the 
distance between New York and Galway is about 2,700 nautical miles. And we calculated, me and, and my weather router, the guy who kind of gave me a, a daily weather forecast and a current forecast, we calculated that I went backwards between four and 500 nautical miles uh, throughout that. So, okay, it was 2,000 or 2,700 nautical miles, but it was more likely we, I rode about 3,500 or so, you know. So that main things are very, very hard. So having imagery around, you know, the docks and and, um, and being able to kind of um, link into and leverage the emotion involved in that imagery was really important. And there was one other image that I um, that was very dear to me and very powerful to me, and that was a, something I termed or entitled the bonfires of Aran. So the Aran Islands, as far as I was concerned, was like kind of the last big negotiation before I make the safety of Galway Bay. Now, as we kind of heard a little bit, that wasn't the case, but my belief was Galway Bay was safe. And once I had kind of gotten into Galway Bay, I had achieved what I wanted to achieve and I was safe. So um, this kind of bonfires of Aaron was simply a picture of, you know, uh, seeing the kind of uh, traditional um, picture of the Aran Islands with the kind of stone walls and, and the fields um, and then seeing some bonfires and, you know, those bonfires symbolizing a connection with the people of those islands and, and their kind of um, very and traditional connection with the Atlantic Ocean and, and what I had kind of endured for so long. So so that was really like a really powerful piece for me. And uh, and I had that, I actually had that, the, the good fortune to um, experience that when I first saw Inishman and then I saw a bonfire. And it was kind of, although it was a massive driver for me, it was almost a surprise when I actually saw the, the first bonfire and uh, and then there was subsequent bonfires all along Inishman and Inishir and you know the project had big connections with Inishir because of uh, you know we had done some um, we'd done some Carrick rowing out there and we'd rowed from Inishir to Galway so we had made some good friends on the island and, and then to you know see them uh, on boats and then the bonfires was just an amazing experience so though that imagery was very very important how did you overcome moments of negativity or criticism with, you know, inside your head? Maybe if you suffered a big setback, like, you know, conditions were actually sending you in reverse, you went back a few nautical miles rather than forward. How did how, how did you manage to overcome that? Because I'm sure there were probably moments, Damien, where you felt like just chucking the oars in the water and, and give it, giving up on the whole enterprise. The whole thing is an exercise in uh, lived frustration and agitation on a low level, and then on a on um, high, higher or deeper levels of emotion. We're talking about disillusionment and despair. Often, you know, it's very, very, very challenging to go um, consistently backwards every time you know, you know you're going to drop the oars. You know you have to rest. You know you have to eat. You know you have to sleep. Um, you can only well. You know, consistently, you can only row about 12 hours a day. So, you know, you're at the mercy of the elements the rest of the time. So, um, yeah, that's like if that happens for two or three days, you're going backwards every time you drop doors. It's it's tough 
but it's it's not unmanageable. But if that happens over the course of about sixty days, it really throws you into you know deep deep, deep states, negative emotional states. So, you know, having an awareness of that you're in those is the first thing. You have to be aware that you're in those states. And that's not always recognizable. In fact, it's far from recognizable. So, you know, self-awareness is kind of the key here to to your reality. Um, And once you're aware, you can change it. Because if you're not aware, you can't change it. You're just going to have to spend time in it and endure that. Uh, that negativity and destructive narrative. Uh, and then it was just about broadening my perspective. You know, that was one tool, that was one strategy that worked really well. Like, so when you're in those moments of difficulty and frustration, agitation, um, negativity, uh, you kind of find yourself in this kind of what I call first level thinking, which is your focus is on all of those things and on how hard it is. But it's about broadening that perspective and taking it to a higher level. So so I just um, I had some questions that I would ask myself uh, when I became aware of that negative state, you know, well, well, what have you got here? You know, what what is what are you grateful for at this moment? Um, and that was things like, well, I am supported. I am loved. I am safe as long as I obviously do the safety procedures on board and live those. I can be comfortable. You know, I can get into that cabin and I can get comfortable. Um, I, I have water. I have food. A lot of people in the world don't have either of those things or have to fight very hard for them every day. Um, and I am i was grateful for the challenge. You know, I wanted to be there. Uh, and it was just bringing my perspective to the um, rewards of that, you know. I uh, And then that kind of helped me get out of those states um, which were kind of pulling me down and um, stopping me doing what I needed to do. Was it difficult to acclimatise to you know, solid ground and the normality of your your regular life once you came back. And I mean, what an achievement to be the first man in history to row from New York to Galway. Every achievement you've managed in your life, Damien, is there a next challenge on the horizon? And is it a case of up in the ante? Like, how how do you top what you just did? The the kind of reacclimatization, if you want, to everyday life was probably the most bizarre I've ever experienced. Normally I'm quite kind of, I'm very adaptable and normally I fit straight back in, you know, it's like I didn't even do whatever I was doing, be that a, you know, mountaineering challenge or an ocean row. But with this one, it took a couple of days for me to kind of feel normal, if you want. I, I was very kind of confusing and a bit disorientating, a bit overwhelming because, you know, before the day before the Aran Islands, I hadn't seen a person in 98 days, not uh, a scred of a human, you know. I'd see some tankers passing by me and I'd looked at them, hopeful in that somebody would come out and wave, but never happened. <laughs> so I suppose uh, that kind of played a role in that kind of weird 48 hours where, you know, I was there, I was present, um, I was, you know, cordial and polite and all that but I was not feeling normal I was just feeling a bit off like I was disconnected from my emotions I was disconnected from what was happening but that passed then as I said after a couple of days and and you know physically the body adapts really really quickly like um 
for example, when I got off the boat in Furbo, uh, my legs, like, they just didn't work. It was like my body had no structure. <laughs> I kind of slid off the boat on a, on a kind of seaweed on a big rock. And when my feet hit the kind of sea, um, uh, seawater pools and seaweed at the bottom, my, like, it was like it didn't know. I didn't know when I was going to hit that. And then my legs just kind of crumpled from under me and I had to crawl for the next kind of 15, 20 minutes. But um, eventually two guards came and they helped me further up the beach. Uh, and by the time I had got to the kind of squad car, I was able to stand. And then um, an ambulance came a few minutes later and I was able to walk to the ambulance. So that kind of gives you a kind of picture on how quickly your body uh, readapts. Um, but emotionally, yeah, there there was a bit of a kind of disconnect for a few days. And, and then it was very much kind of after that kind of back into everyday existence. Um, in terms of what's next, do you know, like it takes so much um, effort and, and emotional energy to face into these big projects because, you know, outside of the actual expedition part, there's a huge campaign that goes into like fundraising and trying to uh, trying to bring in the necessary resources to make something like this happen. Um, so when you kind of get to the other side of like, I've achieved what I wanted to achieve and I'm, I'm very content with the way it all went. Um, the cup is kind of empty, you know, and the thought of going into something like that would you know, it, it, well, firstly, I'm not particularly enthused by it or pulled into it yet. And I just have to let, you know, things like uh, all that kind of energy that is needed to replenish. And, you know, to answer your question, though, there is definitely an element of whatever is next having to, you know, I do these things for a reason. I do them to push myself physically and mentally um, past my kind of perceived limits and gain all the incredible rich rewards that are in that those actions physically mentally um spiritually even so um there is an element in it has to be genuinely challenging and and for that to be the case it has to on some level at least be be more um difficult than what went before and and as you alluded to that's going to be difficult <laughs> i'm not sure what that is uh, but we'll you know we have time and we let uh, energy kind of naturally replenish and then we'll we'll see what see what we decide to do Okay, well, you have earned yourself a nice, nice long rest and uh, we look forward to seeing what's uh, on the horizon for you uh, in the future. Damien Brown, congratulations once again. Amazing feat and uh, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us this morning. Thanks for having me, Alan. Appreciate it. Take care. That's uh, Damien Brown there. What a man. Uh, You are listening to Morning Focus. We'll be back after this break.